have a, a very special guest. His name is Mao Ling Liao. He is the CEO and founder of Preblica. Um, He's one extraordinary example of someone that has achieved, has a very interesting vision for his company. So I'm going to read a little bit about who he is um, and based on everything that you can find in the internet. And of course, he will introduce himself also and, and tell us uh, who he is. So Revlica, it's about a unique experience and it's an image changing concept focused on providing avatar and 3D scanning service to delivering a unique and the best in class digital humans. That's basically what Replica is, but there is something very important. Mao would like to be the number one character company in the world one day. Now that date, he's gonna talk to us about that. So Mao, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell us about who you are? First, uh, thank you, Victor and Stephanie, for inviting me. I'm uh, really proud to be part of this uh, podcast. Um, yeah, but digital human is something that keeps me busy for a long time. And if I have to go back in time to tell you how I started the company and why I'm doing that, it's actually a, 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 not that long time ago. Um, I've been actually working in this field for more than 20 years. And I've been working in the game industry as well, uh, you know, like games like Horizon and uh, Killzone for PlayStation is where my background is. I also worked on movies with Jackie Chan in the past. So after working more than 20 years, I feel like it's time for something new, something that I haven't done before. And I was really looking at my skill set. What am I good at and how can I leverage that skill set? And I realized that people really like what I'm good in designing characters and faces and, and become pretty good at that. So then I think about what is the hardest thing to do in CGI these days, you know, because we can make beautiful water simulation, can make the most incredible uh, world, but creating a crafting human is still something we, we cannot really uh, have a right formula to do it. Everyone does it differently. And sometimes when it's executed, not in a, in, in a perfect, most perfect way, it will feel a bit uncanny and hence the name Uncanny Valley. So with that uh, mindset, I thought, okay, let's set that as a goal for my company to solve that problem. And hopefully, uh, I know I put a date on my LinkedIn and I know that's really tough, but I strongly believe that in five years from now, we can solve the problem by really kind of studying the human behavior and the faces, not only on the anatomical side and, and the visual side, but also something deeper. But that's basically what uh, my vision is, yeah. Great, so, but why 3D avatar creation, uh, Mao? Uh, why leaning all your experience and all your skills towards that? I think that's a very good question. I think, uh, Victor, um, the problem is what, when you see people creating avatars, there's two sides. There's a technical side and a visual side. Some people are really good in designing the face, but then when they are need to talk and move, it just totally breaks. And then you have people who are really into the conversational bots and making really AI bots responding, but it looks horrible. So yeah. you need someone both technical and artistic to mm -hmm. combine together. And and because I don't think it's it requires half of your left or right brain. No, it has to be both efforts. And that's why it's so hard. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I think it seems like you you have you have both skills and you you, you considered are 
are, are very proficient in both skills, technical and artistic? Um, indeed, and uh, maybe Stephanie wants to say something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, just a question. Uh, it caught my attention that you, you were working with Jackie Chan, movies with Jackie Chan or with a producer in Jackie Chan? Or I, I, I worked on a, because um, I actually didn't go deep enough in my background. My, I used to work as an environment artist uh, as well. I would look at look deaf lighting artists. I worked as a, a character supervisor, but during my years of creating uh, environments was back in 2000, I did a film called Around the World in 80 Days. And that is a, a very special film for me because I got a chance to work on a Jackie Chan movie, right? He's one of my <laughs> biggest idols in the movie industry. And I, I even got a chance to meet him in real life in, in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. So this uh, real-time digital humans empowered by Unreal Engine, what is the future with these new benchmarks that are taking power in the entertainment and technological market? And do you see, Mao, that this evolving will be a better opportunity for Unreal Engine users or will be the new next generation jobs as well? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I have to say when it was announced, I was a bit afraid that it would bring us uh, you know, a lot of trouble, meaning bring us out of jobs because People might have the, the idea that creating a digital human is going to be so easy that everyone can do it. Of course, that is uh, uh, with uh, Epics too. I think we have to see a mental human more like a tool, just like Maya, just like Max, like any or Cinema 4D as a tool that empower you to create things better. So now instead of you spending a lot of time on the technical side, you you, you can actually spend more time on the um, maybe creative side and and make uh, you know creating uh, actors and people faster you know and then don't think about the the technical side which is about rigging and you know simulation that gives you so much trouble right yeah. so I think that's how we should see the, the evolution of uh, metahuman I don't think it's perfect yet it still has some mm -hmm. for example one thing I really like to see is how close can I configure the face uh, to match my face. And I think MetaHuman is has some limited number of uh, blend shades and or or controls, yeah. so it's not perfect. It will be maybe one day, but definitely not gonna replace us for now. Yeah, that's true. That's a battle that I have been um, realizing while I was, because I am also a pretty artist. So I I understand that kind of situations of oh, will be there will be many replacements in the future, but no, there will be evolving jobs, new evolving jobs in the future, not will be replacing us because at the end it's a machine. You are the one who is the creator. You are the one to have all of this in your head and you will create something. And the machine will do what you will do, what you will ask the machine to do. Exactly. If you take out all the technical uh, part of the, out of the equation, then you know what would you do? Uh, you know, would you focus more on the look, more on styling the hair, you know, maybe on the script? You are to become a director and less a, as a executioner, right? Exactly. That's true. That's um, I also, Mal, oh, yeah, yeah, continue. Please go ahead, Stephanie, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, well, I was um, wondering because what make you, what is the, what was the passion or what was the, that feeling or that seed that you have inside to create and to say, because all the because I asked from what I saw in LinkedIn from all the experience that you have since because uh, you were a, a 3D artist and you were evolving in each step 
what was the seed that really told you, I want, I really want to make my own business, that entrepreneurial seed that everyone, that not everyone has, and you have it, and you begin to evolve it, begin to place it? Another very good question. Um, I have to say, I didn't prepare for this, but I, I can tell you that um, I have, I think I'm always like, a, I'm not say perfectionistic, but I'm striving for, for the best quality. That's why I really always being, uh, I, I think I'm pushing to the limit what we can do with Maya and, and the software. Uh, but above that, the, my entrepreneurship actually started like, um, I would say in 2013. So I, when I was still a freelance artist, I created a picture called uh, Alex, which is the blonde lady you see on my website yeah. and on the LinkedIn. So she become really a, a phenomena on the internet. It went viral, you know, even so viral that even Playboy, the magazine, <laughs> asked me to make her fully naked. I said, no, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I, I do not want to enter that area. But I was uh, I, uh, very flattering to know that people are like her so much. And uh, and after that, I realized that uh, people that I can really, yeah, mean something to the world. You know, maybe I can create something unique. And then after that, my uh, ex boss uh, in Dubai uh, called me, asked me to to join the, the team and uh, start a, a company with him. So I, I lead the entire three D team. So before uh, two thousand thirteen, I was had no experience uh, leading a team or become a to have plan to become manager. But I thought since someone asked me, so you know why not try? So before you know, I was actually spending more than three years in Dubai. Uh, managing a, a team of uh, 14 people uh, and starting department, rigging, modeling, texturing, lighting. And we work on, on films and, and stuff. So that's where I really get to know how should I talk to people? How should I communicate effectively? How can I convey my message? You know, uh, And also dealing with all the headaches around managing people. Because, you know, to be honest, we're all artists. We know how artists are. But I thought if, if I can... What I try to do in my style of managing is how do I want to treat people the way I be, like to be treated, you know? So meaning mm -hmm. give them some space to make error, give them some uh, really uh, constructive uh, feedback, you know, when they need it, support them as much as I can, and then hopefully they will thrive one day if they stay long enough with us. So that become really the, the foundation of my entrepreneurship. And after I came back to Holland, uh, where I'm living right now, I, I, I've been did in, uh, a couple of more small jobs, but after that, I soon realized I need to start my own business and learn, use the knowledge that I learned from Dubai and apply it on my my own company. Yeah. That's a very interesting story. Wow, I love the story. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, why don't we jump into the avatar creation? Um, mm -hmm. When you create something related to 3D image, or specifically an avatar. Uh, is your goal to provide the sense of immersion between the spectator or player or the virtual reality if it is not the gaming industry? Or are you trying to catch the attention toward realism of different types of being, or is it something else? Yeah, I, first it was a, I had a lot of funny story. I, I, when I make characters, it was um, that my wife challenged me because I've been always making monsters and, and an old man, you know, and she asked me, why, why do you always make old ugly men and monsters? And I'm like typical, all the, basically all the artists are doing these days or fan art. 
I said, why don't you make a beautiful lady? Because it's, uh, I, say, I say, yeah, you know, it's very hard to be very subtle, you know, making someone who does not exist and also look like real. That's, that's very hard to do. Versus if you make a old man or a monster, you can exaggerate the, the wrinkles and, and the, the yeah. proportion. No one would care. No one would say that, right? So that is actually made me wanting, okay, um, let's take the challenge. And that's how I created Alex, the, the girl. I took uh, one month off, don't do any projects and actually do did as a personal project. And, and then I realized that it was very, very hard to become, uh, to look at yourself in a, in an honest way, meaning criticize yourself. You know, imagine if you make, look at if your work that, ah, oh, this is not good. Basically, I ask you to go outside your body experience and say, look at this guy. What is he doing? Is he doing good? No. <laughs> all, all good. So how, how I actually work the, a lot is actually I use a mirror. So with a mirror, I can always flip the image without having to go to Photoshop. So I always check. Okay. This is, then that actually really reset the image and I make me feel like, okay, this can be improved. This can be improved. So I've been training myself to be, become really uh, disciplined and criticize my own work. And also don't be shy to ask my wife or someone in, in the neighborhood to say, hey, what do, you, what do you think of this? So um, all the experience combined um, made me realize that we're not there yet to create a, uh, uh, to move talking a realistic human because there's a, a lot of layers that needs to be corrected to, to create the most, uh, I, I mean, I, there's two kinds of realism, right? You have photorealism. That means mm-hmm. if you have a picture, real, perfectly fine. That's something you and me, we can, we can do that with the right tools and right time. But when you start to talk, you know, you know, oh my God, that is, and the emotion side of things, you know, the, the, the amount of complexity of your face, uh, yeah. you know, the muscles, you know, so I can tell you something like the muscles is not moving linear, but all the the facial animations is moving linear way. Well, there's actually a delay in how the muscle moves. Just like when you contract, it's not uh-huh. static. It, it actually has some delay. If you study a slow motion footage, also your eyes, how it is actually very fluid. So these are the things we don't put in because we don't see it in close up. We only see it far away, right? So people are just like you're, you're basically the, in the real look, world there's no fps frames per second right there's no everything's fluent but in our computer world to become to make it more computational we limit the frame rate 24 Mm -hmm. film 25 uh, and maybe in 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 real time 60 fps but in real life there's no fps you know so why should we work with fps so that's a fundamental problem with our industry we work with fps you know We, we should not think in fps we should have the most fluent Thing. And unless we, we rewrite our software, like Maya and things and, and other DCC, you will never get that realism. So yeah, we, we actually already, already work with people from South America, like we have really talented people from Brazil and, and Colombia. So I, I think there's a lot of talent in, in the region. Uh, so that's definitely not the problem. Uh, and then if we talk about the resources, limited resources that uh, some country might not have, if I have to compare what with what we had in the time that I started learning, <laughs> I, I started with a computer that, that doesn't have a video card. Uh, and then when we started learning 3D, uh, the time was in back in 97. I, I saw the movie called Jurassic Park, uh-huh. that you might know. So for me, I, w- I was so obsessed with the movie that I tried to learn everything I could possibly get into my head, reading about how they created the dinosaurs. 
So I, I started to realize they start uh, use a software called Sofimage, and then I started to know the, the whole 3D as uh, silicon graphics and, and the the whole hardware needed. But I had just a PC, okay. But I learned, I, I did, I start 3D with basically not using Maya or anything. I started 3D use a something called a something called like a very simple model, like a VRML editor. You know, VRML is a virtual reality markup language, which is the predecessor of any WebGL, uh, and it's actually a very simple modeling tool. But I, but that's why you you have to be creative, right? When you you have limited resources. So I don't think people should be. Um, demotivated by limited resources uh, or anything. I think creativity is really has no limit. And even the computer now these days, your laptop is probably best better than the computer I had back then. So that should not be the stop you from doing the right thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah actually, I think when you have limited source resources or you're in a situation in your life that you are like, you feel uh, you don't, you don't, can, you can do anything. That's the point where you are more creative. Yeah. I have, I have that, like that. Thought. Yeah. It's just like a, a painter. When you have a painter, you give him all the colors of the world, you know, he would not know where to start. He would be, oh, what's, <laughs> yeah. what are, what are I going to do today? Oh my God, I have so much <laughs> choice. Just like if you have uh, a menu card, you have so many food to choose from. Where do you start? Right? Exactly. If you limit someone, you drive in certain limits, and then you actually make a decision with limited resources will be much better. And, and, and then just like food, if you try out different tastes of dishes and, and things, then you start to realize, oh, actually, I like eating strawberry. So I create a, a, my, my menu based on strawberry. Just like art, you, you like hard service modeling, you discover hard service modeling, you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and you become an expert in that. So in the early stage, I really recommend everyone to try everything out to see where's the what where they have a passion for, and then develop from there. Well, Mao, I think we are coming at the end of the podcast. Um, uh, do, do you want to share any final thought to all those students that are trying to get into the world of Unreal Engine? Yeah, there's a assistant. I, I, I although I'm from the game, from the game, and also for the film, my my real uh, knowledge is, is limited compared to other people who is working my team or know way more. I say just like that, we said before. I think there's a uh, really no limit in what you can do with Unreal, and and your skill set is really limited by your imagination. So try a lot of new things, uh, you know, also different software as much as possible. Uh, and don't be uh, blinded by one uh, software or anything. Yeah, would be my advice. Well, excellent. Yeah. Uh, Ma, we would like to thank your time uh, and the time to tell your take your experience to this level of communication with everything, everybody that is listening and watching this podcast. Uh, people, we, we, we've been with Mao Ling Liao, the CEO and founder of Replica. So um, take a look at this. I think it'll be very interesting to see all the work that Mao has uh, and enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mao. Thank, Thank you, Mao. Thank you for Thank the you. time.